Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very special Forge Sports show. We had the absolute pleasure of welcoming a special guest into our studios this afternoon, Radio Rahim, which we kind of preview, get you excited for the big fight going down Saturday night in Sheffield. Radio Rahim is a personality and an entertainer on the Seconds Out YouTube channel, as well as other places across the internet. And it was really interesting speaking to him about boxing. We spoke about Anthony Joshua, Mayweather McGregor, and various other things. He also touched on his favorite fights of all time and a really, really fascinating interview from someone who clearly loves what he does. He's so passionate about boxing and what more could you want on the lead up to this big fight? So I want to welcome Radio Rahim to the University of Sheffield Studios. How are you feeling today on the Thursday of fight week for Brooke Spence? Well, I've been in London uh, a week before coming to Sheffield, a little bit over a week actually. Uh, obviously, I was there for Javonta Davis and uh, Liam Walsh just last Saturday. And then I trained over uh, on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Yeah. I trained over Wednesday morning, and it was a fantastic train ride. Like, people have a problem <laughs> with the train rides. It was almost two and a half hours. So when you hear about it, it's daunting. It's like, ah, who wants to take a two and a half hour train? But for me, we're cutting through the hillsides. Obviously, I always book a big, nice window. And I enjoyed the trip here. But I got to tell you, in London, people were cautioning me that Sheffield is a shithole. And it's a terrible, <laughs> like, you know, place where there's nothing to do. And, you know, you're going to be miserable. It couldn't have been more the opposite. It's not Had normally this sunny. Fantastic time. This is not true. I don't you, believe you. No, I promise it's you. It's sunny you, like this <laughs> every day. This is the Sheffield I know. Got, I don't know the Sheffield that you're talking about. You've got the best weather in Sheffield history. It's about 30, 25, 30 degrees outside. It's, it's been this weather 100% of the time <laughs> I've been to Sheffield. So it's just my word against yours at this point. And I've seen nothing different. So this is for me. Uh, Sheffield's a fantastic place, but it's not even about the weather. I don't even mind. I'm from the Bay Area, right? So we're used to fog and a little bit of rain and all of that. But the people here are fantastic. It's unbelievable. Like, I don't <laughs> even know why people slag it off. Like, they should really stop being haters. And I'm saying this on the official record here at Sheffield University. Stop slagging off the community because it's an awesome spot. All right, so let's chat about the fights. This weekend, you're in here at Sheffield for the Brooke Spence card. Big fighter from the U.S., kind of making his, starting to make his name in the sport against one of the UK's most recognizable fighters in Kelbrook. How do you, one, why do you think Kelbrook chose to stay at welterweight and not move up? And two, how do you see these stars playing against each other? Uh, I'll say I believe Kelbrook, I take him at his word, I think he worked a lifetime to get that welterweight strap off of Sean Porter's waist, not Sean Porter in particular his whole life, but that's who had it when he had the opportunity to get it and he wanted it his whole life and he got it and he's not just going to give it up. He's not just going to vacate it and go to another weight division once he's got it. I think that, that that championship does actually mean something to him and that's to his credit. He doesn't want to just hand it over. So I think he's willing to make the struggle, to make the weight, sacrifice, grind it out, do all the things that he has to do at the you know at the size he is to get down to the weight of 147 pounds on Friday. Guy. He's a big guy. He's this bigger is, than Aerosmith. It takes a lot mentally and of course physically for a guy his natural size to get down to 147 and then still do it correctly where he can fight 24 hours later and be effective. So the reason he's willing to do all that is because the title means something to him. Because the championship means something to him, 
and he's, again, not willing to just hand it off to the next guy because it's tough making weight. For Errol Spence's part, I believe that this now, in this moment in Sheffield, is what he's always known he was meant to do in a guy on Saturday night when the final bell rings, he will be the guy he's meant to be. That's what's going on in his head. For him, the fight has all been a, a moment that's built up his entire life. He's been in the Olympics. He's been successful his entire career. He's been a dedicated fighter. He doesn't get into trouble. He stays in the gym, not six, seven days a week. He's given everything that he had in his heart and his mind and the sacrifices that he had to make as a young man and the good decisions he had to make to stay on the right track has brought him to this moment. And if this moment has to be in the backyard of the, of the championship opponent, if this ha- means he's got to fly you know, across the pond and, and, and fight in a guy's backyard who's going to be bigger than him, who may not even make weight, you know, or at least that was something that could have happened earlier. It seems like he will make weight now being Kell Brook. But if he didn't make weight, he was already telling me, Errol Spence, yesterday that even if Kell Brook didn't make weight, he was still willing to take the fight. He was still going to fight that guy, and he still was going to get that championship on Saturday night. So you're looking at two guys who are absolutely determined to be world champions at 147 pounds on Saturday night when that final bell rings. And these two kind of individuals with these kind of mindsets, when they clash, it's got to be explosive. It's going to be a huge, huge fight and really significant because the welterweight division at the moment has kind of, you have put, you have Furman at the top of it with the unified champion and you have Kel Brook is one of the only other champion, I think. Yeah. Uh, is Kel Brook's the only other world champion at the moment, isn't he? Oh no, Pacquiao well, as well. Well, so yeah, I mean, you've they've got... they are potentially lining up fights Keith against Thurman. Thurman or yeah. even... Khan maybe for Brooke. I mean, there's a the lot Khan on the line Brooke to get saga, drama, soap opera continues. Like, who knows if we ever get that fight at this point? You know, that fight should have happened ages ago. I'm almost tired of talking about it now, and pretty soon it won't be relevant anymore. I don't think Brooke can stay at 47 too much longer, and it doesn't look like Khan is laying for this fight anytime soon. So that might be one of these great fights that just go down to the you know into the gutters of American and British boxing histories, these things that never happened that should have. And, or we'll see it in like five years when they're both too old and it's too, and it's too late and we'll take it because we always wanted it, but it won't <laughs> be what it once could have been. Yeah. I feel like that's, this, that's the Kell Brook uh, Amir Khan story. So obviously you're talking about fights which might or not have ever got made. Recently we have one of those with Golovkin and Canelo. That finally got made. I'm sure right. that brought a huge smile to your face when you heard that news. Right. How do you see that going down? Do you think they're going to do it in Vegas? They haven't announced the date yet, but it's also around the time that Mayweather and McGregor is meant to be happening. And that's another huge fight for boxing. Well, I doubt that Mayweather McGregor is going to happen at that time. Excuse me. Even though they've threatened to say, oh, we're going to challenge your date. We'll go at the same time and see who, what people want to see, or we'll take it you know, a week ahead of you and this kind of thing. I don't even think McGregor and Mayweather, not even those guys, are that big a dick. Because that's a dick move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not because they can't take a share, Yeah. even if they did on the same night and make... Of course they can. They can cause major havoc to Triple G versus Canelo. But to spit in Triple G and Canelo's eye or Golden Boy's eye just for the sake of doing so 
at the expense of the boxing fan is, to me, it guts me the idea that either one of those fighters would actually do something like that. Mayweather or uh, McGregor. They're both, you know, they're both at, at their core decent guys. And I think when you step back and look at the only person that's really going to get hurt is the avid boxing fan. People don't have money to spend $89, $99 for the McGregor-Mayweather fight and then the very next week, much less the same day, then go spend what's going to be $49.95 or $59.95 in HD for Canelo and Triple G. You're putting too much of a burden on the people who've supported you your entire career. The reason that all these people are millionaires is because the boxing fan, the, the blue-collar common man, breaks off some of his paycheck on a regular basis to pay not just the cable bill, but then over and above the cable bill so that he can see this one night of boxing. And you're going to stress that guy? You're going to put going to that guy, double dip into his pockets in the same week just because you want to be a dick? <laughs> I think neither McGregor nor Mayweather are those that bad a guy. And so I have confidence that ultimately that won't happen. As a boxing fan, do you want to see McGregor, McGregor Mayweather or does that not interest you? I would rather see it on a video game than see it in real life. I'd rather it be like something on PlayStation 6 or whatever PlayStation's out now. Like, you know, me and my buddy maybe play, one guy picks McGregor, one guy picks Mayweather, and then uh, and, and then it's an all-rules kind of thing. Like, maybe you allow kicks and punches, but no grappling. Something like that. Let's just make it, if it's a circus, let's just make it a game. It's not a boxing match. It's not an MMA fight. It's, it's a novelty It's act. entertainment. And, you know... Listen, when I was, yeah, it's entertainment, exactly, but it's not, it's not a boxing match because you can't take a guy who's never fought in a boxing ring before with boxing rules and then the best living fighter and put them in the same ring on the same night and call that a boxing match. Yeah. It's absurd. So, you know, I, when I was a kid, man, I loved the circus, but I haven't been in many years. And, you know, I'm not brewing a... It's Would a you go to the fight? Uh, well, I don't... I don't know, man. I would, I would probably have to go to the fight, but that would probably be the, the first time in this entire career where going to a fight was actually work. Because as much as I like to be entertained as much as anybody else, I think it would be a travesty if the fight was considered a sanctioned boxing match certainly not number 50 to break the record uh you know for floyd mayweather and if they put it in the context of uh exhibition that is purely entertainment i can buy into that but it really to me depends a lot on how they promote the fight if they try to pull this you know pull a stunt on us try to play the shell game try to pretend that this thing is something that it's not it'll bother me so much i'll go to work i'll do my job <laughs> But I'll consider it, you know, maybe the first night I've ever had to really go to work and not want to. Who do you want to see Anthony Joshua fight next? There's been a lot of talk of a quick click go rematch. There's obviously other champions out there, such as Wilder and Parker. What's your preference as a fan? Well, I don't think we're going to have much choice from, uh, you know, what everyone's saying now. Eddie Hearn himself said it to me yesterday. It looks like it's going to be Klitschko and Joshua too. You know, hey, listen, it was... A phenomenal night. A phenomenal night. Those guys put on an instant classic. It was a brawl. It was a war. It was a boxing match. It was a heavyweight title fight that delivered in every way a heavyweight title fight is meant to deliver. Will it deliver again? I don't think so. Not in that way. I think not, it can't be as good as that time. It can't it, get it better. It, it could. 
but it won't. Yeah. He, I saw the best Klitschko I've ever seen, even in defeat. He was better than I'd ever seen him. Can he do that again? Will Joshua go in and make the same mistakes? Joshua, yeah, he got knocked down. He was gassed. All these things happened on, and that culminated on this one night on this very special occasion. I almost wish they would just leave it in that capsule because I think that the second fight can't possibly live up to the first. And, and hey, listen, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first at the post fight to say I was wrong. This thing is way better than I expected it to be. And, oh, I'm so glad that they did it again. But I'm telling you right here now today, I don't expect that to be the case. Now, from here on out, right until the post-fight, then the question will be, am I right or am I wrong? Is it better than it's the first time? Can it live up to the hype? You know, will Klitschko actually be able to mirror that performance? It won't be enough. If he mirrors the performance, what happened? He lost. So he has to be better? Yeah. Is Klitschko going to be better? That's a, that's a tall order out of a 42-year-old, you know, uh, heavyweight champion. Like, the this is not Benjamin Buttons. This guy's not going to get younger from today to the fight. All right, so to end on, uh, can you kind of give us, our listeners and viewers an idea of what, how does your week work when you're, look, when you're not doing boxing? What sort of media do you do? Do you do other projects? How, what sort of things are you working on at the moment? Now, I watch TV and I eat steak in my living room. Okay. And I wait for the phone to ring again. <laughs> <laughs> so just lastly, actually, what was your favorite fight you've covered or been to? Hi, hi, That is a tough one. Okay. I got to give you two. I can't pick. Um, but for different reasons, okay? Mike Alvarado and Brandon Rios fought at the StubHub Center in Carson, California. It's an outdoor venue. It's known for wars mainly now because, well, not mainly, but one of the wars it's known for is the one I'm mentioning the very first time those two faced off against each other. Okay. Uh, it was just such nonstop action. Like, when they say, you know, you hear it all the time, oh, I'm not, neither fighter knows how to take a step back. Neither fighter took a step back. And this is one of those fights that wasn't, you know, built to be some huge matchup. The StubHub's not some giant venue. It wasn't on pay-per-view. You just had to be there on the night, or you had to be tuned in to see live, in color, what ultimately turned into an instant classic and an epic war of wills. Those two guys on that night really laid it out, and that was one of the most uh, entertaining, exciting, somewhat unexpected, full-on wars that I'd seen in person. Uh, Pacquiao Marquez IV, uh, the infamous night on which Pacquiao went to sleep. Not because the way it ended was so thrilling. I mean, Pacquiao's a friend of mine. I like Marquez too, but, you know, I didn't want to see him lose. I didn't want to see him knocked out, you know, in a way where the hush falls over, uh, you know, friends and family and hope that he's okay. Like, that's a very scary moment. It would be scary if it had happened to Marquez. I'm a fan of the sport. I'm a fan of fighters. You don't want to see a guy possibly injured. So that moment was terrifying, but... The atmosphere in the building. The Mexicans who showed up on that night, I tell you this, and I tell everyone who asked me about it, they knew. They knew that night was theirs. And from the minute they walked in the building, they were ready for that moment. And the roof came off. 
when that knockout happened. It was just one of the moments that I had been in an arena where the energy could literally feel like it was a, 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 a second layer of clothing. Like, that's how real the energy in that room was. That's how thick that moment was that it felt like it laid on you like a piece of clothing. And uh, those, that, that, was, that was one of those magical nights that I actually was in the building for. All right, well, thank you very much for coming in, and hopefully we'll see you next time in Sheffield. You'll definitely see me next time in Sheffield. Thanks for having me. Sheffield University, putting out the next generation of talent, creating some more artists in my field and in many fields in mass media. You guys have to stick to your guns. Don't be intimidated by the forces that be. I don't care if you're covering politics or sports or whatever it is. You people are the next ones to shape history. And whoever is in front of your cameras or on the other side of that microphone, remember, it's your job to get out of them what they don't want to give you. So again, thank you very much to Radio Rahim and his producer for coming down to the University of Sheffield Forge Studios. You guys are going to be in for a pleasure and a huge treat this weekend. And if you want to keep up to date, head out to the Seconds Out YouTube channel. They have the full press conference, the undercard press conference, and loads of really great interviews. And make sure you subscribe to those guys as well. If you've enjoyed this little podcast, give us a like, give us a share, help get our content out there. It always really helps us. Thank you very much. This has been Ollie Baisley for Forge Sport.